Welcome to the Cup and Saucy Book Club. I'm Jen. And I'm Zana. What's in your cup today, Zana? I am drinking a Charleston breakfast tea from the only commercial tea garden in North America, the Charleston Tea Garden, located just south of me in southwest of Charleston on Wadmala Island. Um, you may remember I was talking about it in another, another episode that back at the beginning yeah. of the summer, I visited and toured the garden. Uh, the Charleston breakfast tea is rich and smooth. It's a good solid black tea. And, you know you're uh, going to send me some, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> of course I am. What about you? What are you drinking? Well, I've been doing a lot of traveling this past week, and so sure. dry hotel rooms wreak havoc on my voice. So mm-hmm. I've got my special recipe uh, singer's tea, which is proprietary, and I'm not giving out the recipe in this episode. But you'll send me some, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I will. <laughs> it has some, a little bit of green tea in it, but it's mostly an herbal with quite a bit of honey. I needed to have the voice today because we have a very special two-for-one episode. We met Lori West and Christian Black at Readers Take Denver, and we knew that talking with narrators who also happened to be married to each other, was too great an opportunity to pass up. Lori West is a narrator of all things spicy with a background in theater and love of movies, mixed media art, and all things vintage. Christian Black has been narrating audiobooks since 2020, specializing in romance and all its subgenres, but occasionally performs mystery thriller and suspense. You know, I love that. Yeah, I know you do. And his voice is often described as vibrant, commanding, sensual, and virile. And I agree with all of that. Lori and mm-hmm. Christian, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So if I remember correctly from Readers Take Denver, Lori, you began narrating first, right? Yes. I... Got started actually in just plain commercial voiceover when I was pretty young, when I was in high school, just on a fluke, and then did my first audiobook about 10 years later. So I've been technically doing pretty much since 2003 is commercial voiceover, 2013 is audiobooks, but I didn't switch to full time audiobooks until 2020. My first like six years, I was not full time and I was only doing probably eight to ten books a year and now it's up to a hundred a lot more <laughs> a lot more than that but yeah so I've, I've been doing s- some form of voice acting for over half my life which is kind of wild <laughs> so that's fantastic yeah. and Christian I know that Lori had influenced your start how did that come about that you became a narrator too <laughs> yeah well obviously I'd been helping her with the initial independent realm of audiobook narration. She was used to going into a production house publisher. So we didn't have a studio. Yeah, we didn't have anything like that. And there was that transition of her going from teaching part-time and audiobooks part-time to full-time audiobooks or voiceover in general. I was a part-time middle school Spanish and drama teacher who just did theater and things kind of on the side. And we met doing theater. You have a background as an actor. Yeah, we both have a background in theater and met on doing a show together. We decided, you know, she was trying to maybe shift out of this and see if she could actually do narration full time. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of mutually agreed, hey, let's let's try to give this a shot. I have. I knew nothing about the <laughs> editing and producing side of it. So yeah. he was like, well, I have an ITT background. I'll help you build your studio here at home. Yeah, which I didn't major in like audio engineering or anything like that, but I am technically savvy enough to figure things out. So I did my research. We purchased some basic equipment at first, kind of used a walk-in closet or a 
something even simpler initially, but we expanded to having our own sound isolation booths and we have separate spaces now. And so basically how I started though was romance, as we know, is often written with dual POVs. Sure. And they were, authors are looking frequently for a male and a female. And obviously it works even better if you've got a couple that already works together and have similar spaces and I think your first one was a case where the author, it literally was all me except for like the last chapter was a male that point have, of view. That might have been a later one because the first couple books, we it was either 50-50 or you had the majority. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. You had the majority. And I think it was a case where the author just said, do you know someone? I just <laughs> just for this last bit. And I was like, well, my my husband's an actor. He could try it. <clears throat> and yeah. You I mean, I'm used to acting, and... but I, I, was, I had never done... You've never done it. And I, I told you, yeah. I said, you may hate it. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's different than stage acting. So who knows if you'll take to it or like it or whatever. We, we took a risk but, there because our first book together that I recorded, we just agreed to do it. And I, it was trial by fire for Like, me, the so. author was like, well, his voice sounds fine. So we were like, well, okay, here I we go. Better like, commit now. <laughs> but ba- basically just shoved into a booth and see how you yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> and I definitely, I found I enjoy it, obviously. I'm doing it full time now. I do a lot of the post-production still on our side for a lot of the independent mm-hmm. projects that aren't with the publishers. So when you say a lot, you mean all because uh, I don't do any. Yeah, we, we outsource <laughs> certain yes, things. Yes, we too. do hire other people occasionally. Yes, but, but I don't. Between touch... the two of you, all. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. So <laughs> she's spending overall more time in the booth, and I'm usually more fifty-fifty between that and in front of a computer editing audio. So. Yeah, but it's but it must be great to have your own in-house tech support then, right, Lori? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's the best. I Although I tend to think that he can do anything technical ever, and so I'll be like the printer's broken. He's like, I can't do anything about that. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I, I can build a computer, but I don't know how to fix a printer. So. Describe the setup at your house as far as your booths go. I mean, I, I assume that they have to be in separate parts of the house because yeah they technically over and stuff yeah i mean they're they're thick professional pieces of equipment so we could probably put them next to each other without issue but there's no space for it because they're four by six booths uh, four by six foot booths go ahead and describe yours first so we bought mine first because at that time christian had not really made the plunge to full time yet so he continued Mm -hmm. to use our walk-in closet which was our first studio and i got the new whisper room because i was doing more recording and so we put it where we thought it would be best in the house and it ended up being a part of our guest room so we still have an operational guest room but we also have this giant box sitting in there and then when we when we got when we decided to take the plunge and get the second one for christian the most logical place to to fit it was downstairs Um, our basement laundry so we have one on each level of our house and it's literally the exact same setup for both of us so in a pinch we could although he's always quick to tell me that you know every space sounds a little bit different so you really shouldn't do that but if we had to we could technically mix and match a little in a pinch if we needed in other words stay out of my booth (laughs) (laughs) well because the gain is slightly different in the levels and all that i don't i don't know about all this but i'm sure is is, yeah exactly inconsistency you wouldn't want to read something right next to each other you know in in different spaces because you'll hear that I get it. Well, and we also thought that it just from a plain, we we don't have kids yet, but we also thought from a standpoint of just if there is a child, 
you know, it'd be easier to not have them both on the same level of the house because then it's like, okay, you can go play in that area and we won't pick up the sound versus like right. if they're all in one spot, then you're kind of relegated to one location. Mm-hmm. Right. You have my sympathy on, on putting your booth in the laundry room because that's where mine's located too. So <laughs> I actually like it better than upstairs because it does stay cooler and I get really toasty. Mm-hmm. So. Given that you are now both narrating full time, do you still have time to read for pleasure? And if so, what do you read? You probably more so. I was someone who, I, I, my mom jokes that I've been reading since I came out of the womb. I mean, I was always the kid <laughs> with the book on the playground instead of being athletic. So I love to read. I will say that since becoming an audiobook narrator full time, I don't find that I want to read for pleasure. Mm-hmm. I love what I do, but I don't have energy to do it elsewise. Yeah. Um, but I... I do still occasionally, like, I, I read when I'm on the treadmill in the morning, things like that. And I, my favorite thing, no disrespect to any of the romance authors out there, but romance is really not my choice. My favorites are thrillers. I'm a huge James Patterson fan. Yeah, I just, I love, I love, 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 love thrillers. So, well, you get yeah. to do plenty I'm, of them under your other name. So. I do. I do also yeah. record thrillers. If you're, if you're listening out there and you want to debunk who I really am, and you want to know about any non-romantic titles I do, feel free to reach out, and I may just may give you a hint. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely much more from the mystery and thriller space myself. Our our shtick is that um, I I am brand new to the romance genre, and Jen tells me what to read. And uh, yeah, oh, there you go. It. Yeah, <laughs> and I've been and I've been reading I've been reading romance since before I probably should have ah, uh, yeah. about age 12 or so so <laughs> sneaking into grabbing my grandmother's Barbara Cartlands and my yeah. and my aunt's uh, bodice rip I, of pirate romances and things I like that. I accidentally so. <laughs> I accidentally read some VC Andrews when I was about seven. Um, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've been the same since so. <laughs> I did read those in middle school. Boy talk about jumping into the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like huh that's wow. something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a I'm not I don't have a lot of uh I, well, yeah, I spend zero time reading for fun, I guess. But you too. never were. I mean, I remember when no. I first met you, you were just not a I was a I was I, mean, I was just... as a kid up through like maybe middle school or so and then I just kind of peered off, but yeah, this was obviously my first exposure to Reading true romance. Was you like job. to read. You like to read. Like he loves to go like on YouTube and figure out how to fix things and make things and make things better and rewire fixtures in our house and be oh, like my own the DI the DIY so, manual. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if he's reading, that's my, that's something, my reading. Yeah. It's usually that, but put furniture. Yeah, just put furniture together. Yeah, yeah. Instruction manuals for IKEA. You know, the whole yep. seventeen hey, hours later. But IKEA manuals are compelling. They tell a story. The first story they tell you is, you shouldn't do this with just one person. Yeah. But I always, you know, <laughs> I always counter that with my own ingenuity. We yeah. we bought a piece of furniture recently that told us to pour a drink at one step. It said, pour yourself a drink because you're going to be here a while with this particular step. And we were like, wow, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's that's writing. Why not? That's yeah, very good writing. That's writing. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I wonder that... Uh, that you know those those shouldn't include that more often frankly <laughs> yeah there you go and and 
you know, include a recipe for a favorite cocktail. Along the Although way. cocktails and power tools are not things that go well together. That's my true. Experience. true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's got to take the fun out of it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so of, of the things that you have recorded either separately or together, is there a character that has stuck with you so much that you said, you know what? I would love to see this as a movie. And who oh. is it? Well. You've done more. You probably have a better answer for this. Can we talk about the one that we would want to talk about, or can we not talk about it right now? What? <laughs> the, one, the one we did again? Yes, the yeah. one that we recorded no, twice. Yeah, can so we talk about that? I, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We did a book. We first recorded it independently uh-huh. through ACX, and we it was an author who had was dabbling in the genre of dark romance and had never written mm-hmm. anything like that before, had no idea, you know, whether people were going to like it. And it probably, I mean, both of us have agreed it is the performance we are the most proud of out of anything we've ever done. Our families will probably never hear it simply because of the, it's basically romance meets criminal minds. Gotcha. Ooh. The book itself, what the author ended up doing was she got a deal with a publisher just... and it was <clears throat> it was removed from Audible and we re-recorded it actually recently, two years later than when we had originally recorded it. So we were kind of excited to have the chance to return to these characters and, you know, be two years better as narrators and two years more experienced and kind of, you know, sort of like a once in a lifetime opportunity to get to sort of redo your performance and go, oh, I wish I would have done it that way and then you can kind of change it and the book is still beating by jennifer hartman oh boy (laughs) yeah see that everybody knows about that one it seems like Uh so we had a lot of fun with that one i mean fun it's not fun it's (laughs) it's it's cathartic it's It's, it's a dark it's dark but it's cathartic from an acting standpoint. Yeah. And it got, a, I think, a page of trigger warnings on it. <laughs> it's, well, and it was fun for us. Like he said, it's very cathartic as an actor. I mean, our background yeah. is in theater. We're definitely actors. I mean, you know, it's, we, we love, I always tell my parents, the more uncomfortable you are watching me, the more fun I had doing the role. Oh, what a great way to look at it. Because <laughs> it was so different. So like anytime I've ever played someone in distress or someone really promiscuous or, you know, just completely not my normal self. I mean, both of us are pretty straight laced. It gives um, you so much to to emote through, you know, it gives you a yeah. chance to really feel and things it's hard. that you may not normally get to feel. So I mean, it sucks you dry, and it's such Jennifer yeah. did such a wonderful job with that book. Yeah, and I was able yeah. to connect with you know my character. I think personally on a few fronts too. I think it was just very relatable yeah. and real. And, and I think real. for both of us, I mean, we definitely you know they make the joke that the chemistry is real. Well, you do have that added bonus when you're doing a book as an actor and you are literally imagining and knowing that your partner who you love is literally somewhere else in the house going through the same thing and you're imagining mm-hmm. you're imagining yourselves in that situation even more than just if you were doing it solo mm-hmm. and i think it really does add something to the performance mm-hmm. i mean there were many times where one of us would come out of the studio and literally be crying and just be like okay i need a minute like <laughs> yeah we're fine right did you order the pizza okay <laughs> we're good so i mean it you know it gets 
it's definitely hard, but it, but it's in all the best ways kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Christian, would you pick that for yourself as well to, to see that? Probably. I mean, I've done less titles to let's uh, less to choose from, but I think that one I connected to the most, I think brought out the most within me emotionally and as an actor. So probably that. Yeah. And Lori, you mentioned about, you know, how the emotions can can take you over when you're in the booth and you step out and you're just and you have to sort of reset yourself do you have a sort of ritual that you do when you know that you're going to be doing something a little darker or more emotional to set yourself up for being in that space Uh, yeah actually I do um and it's it's therapeutic but also kind of I don't know it's sort of morbid Um, I have a um, very dear member of my family who passed away uh, a few years ago, and I have a playlist of songs that were played at his celebration of life Mm -hmm. um, and songs that will always make me think of him. And um, if I I'm still to this day, if one of those songs come on, I just immediately start crying. Now, now it's more of like a cathartic, like, you know, that stage of grief, like it's been several years and I, you know, it, yeah. it doesn't destroy me completely, but it does bring up those tears, which then can translate really well into the into the voice. So mm-hmm. I will quite often, if there's a tough scene coming up, I will just pause and I will just listen to some of that music for a minute. And just get that get that going. And then the problem is it sometimes is hard to stop, which then I will have to like finish the section and then I'll have to like take a few minutes and go out and watch, you know, an episode of Trashy TV or something just to kind of get myself back into like a (laughs) so it's you know, I kind of have to watch it sometimes and make sure I don't get too into that but he just I don't you just like get into it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's definitely more in the moment for me. I don't really prepare. I think being in the right mindset is important, obviously, before you get into a scene, whether it be light or heavy or whatever. The best way for me to get prepare for it really is just to dive into it and just start feeling that way and then deliver it. And once I'm out of the booth, I might have a minute, but otherwise I'm it kind of passes me pretty quickly. The first time I recorded Still Beating, when we first recorded it independently, I did something I've never done with any other book ever, which was that I recorded it in one session like wow. in a, in one day, uh, we're talking we're talking about seven hours. Seven and that's and not a finished short audio. Book. No, yeah, that's about twelve hours. And that's average, a lot. So I yeah. I did I worked from I think I was in the booth. I mean, obviously I took breaks and ate food, but like I was in the booth probably from eleven to I think midnight maybe or maybe 10 to midnight that's not recommended i I had to take like (laughs) also not possible for most i mean i took (laughs) like three days off afterwards but the reason i did that was just i got so sucked into it and i just was like i have to see this through i have to see this through i have to go on this journey with her and complete this book without i can't leave i'm gonna get out of it i'm gonna it was almost like a you know, I was just in the zone, I guess. And I didn't do it that way the second time. I think the only way that I was able to do it the first time was because it was the first time and I didn't know what it was going to do to me emotionally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this now, time, the next time we had, we experienced all that. So we saw it coming and... And I was like, I can't, like, I knew what was coming up and I'm like, oh, well, we're going to have to do this one. And yeah. Yeah. Thing, even despite that, I think it hit us harder the second time. Yeah, that too. We hadn't touched the material in two years, but we came back and it was like 
almost opening up a wound again and it just almost hit us harder it yeah. Was weird. yeah 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 well, i mean it, the, the memories of it's like doing i already plus... survived this why am i doing this to myself and then but, also your own life experience from that time to this exactly plays yeah into it too yeah yeah i mean in that time there was definitely things that i mean we were at a very different place in our lives too the first time we did it um you were not full-time yet. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of things that happened in between then and now, so. I mean, two years ago was right smack dab in the middle of some of the worst uh-huh. of the pandemic, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, there's it also was. that. <laughs> yeah, so, um, oh, and that would that would be a really interesting movie. I have not, I have not read it, um, but I have... You've read from, the trigger warnings uh, for it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's dark, it, but it's not far. the darkest out there. It's, oh, no. It's not uh, the darkest out no. there. <laughs> but it's, well, it's, well, and it is dark. She, she puts you back together is the way I like to put it. She yeah. will, you know, she will rip you apart, but she will she will mostly mosaic you back together before the end. <laughs> well, if so. you're interested in the new audio, it actually has a bonus scene. It runs about just over 12 hours this time instead of, instead of 11 and a half, I think. But Tantor... The Division of Recorded Books mm-hmm. is releasing July 11th. And we will have links in the show notes. I haven't read it, but it's it's on my it's on my TBL list for... Which is yeah. really, 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 really long. <laughs> and the longer Everybody... I spend on book talk, the longer it gets. <laughs> Everybody's got a list of like a hundreds or, you know, hundreds oh, of Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never know long how long my list is until Jen tells me what I'm reading next. So. <laughs> there you go. So if you get a favorite character from a book, Lori, then Christian, we're going to turn it to you and say, who would play you in the movie of your life? Oh. And what genre would it be? <laughs> I'm horrible at these kind of questions. <laughs> I ask him this kind of crap all I don't, the time. I don't even know how to answer oh, this these. Oh, this is great. I'm not creative I, enough for this. Okay, Lori, you can jump in here if, you th- if you've if you got something. No, that's why I ask him all the time because I love, I love these fun well, questions. How about if you cast each other? Ooh, <laughs> there you go. Okay, all right. We'll turn that one on the side. I would say, I mean, I wish that our life would be a thriller, but it, I mean, it's really not. No, you don't. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. No, like, you don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It would have to be a no. I, my my life in the last year has been the the old proverb: "May you live in in- interesting times." That's actually a curse. Yeah, no, you don't want that. Boring is good. I guess our life would be, I mean, our life would be a romance. Our life is pretty obnoxiously Aww. cheesy. Like, if you look at how we met and, like, just how all of that unfolded With a meet and everything. Cute and everything. And, uh, okay, if, if yeah. you've got a meet cute, we're coming back to that. Okay. Okay. Just, just all right. Saying. But yeah, it would definitely be a romance. I, You would be Daniel Craig. <laughs> for sure. I like it. I like it. Wait. The the James Bond Daniel Craig or yes. the Benoit Blank? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> James Bond Daniel Well, yeah, which Craig. character are we talking? Specifically like, you know, Casino Royale probably. Or... I see. I see. I'm okay. flattered. This, this works for me. I like this. Yeah. Who would be you? I know. Like I've been told many times because I actually have been mistaken for this celebrity. Hillary Duff. Yes. I have okay. been mistaken oh, for yeah. her twice it. while I was in New York when I was younger. Okay. And I actually had a student who came in to school one day when I was still teaching and she was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that was you in the movie The Beauty and the Briefcase on ABC Family. 
I was like, honey, honey, if I was in a movie on ABC Family, I would not be, I would not here, be here, here teaching you Spanish <laughs> right now. Teaching you. That's not how this would work. Yeah, so Hillary Duff and Daniel Craig, which is potentially really awkward, but we'll make it work. <laughs> no, I like um, it. <laughs> and, uh, yes, promise. Yeah. Now it's an age gap. <laughs> Yeah, we just did a few of those. Oh, great, great. No, I ask him questions. Like, I love these questions, and I ask you stuff like that all the time, and you're always like, I, I don't know. What I'm do not, you think I I'm not I creative enough. I'm not enough of an improver to make this up. Two of you have a similar dynamic to my husband and I, that uh, I do most of the talking, and then he builds furniture, and yep, I'll yep. ask him this random stuff, and, and he will, or, or better yet, I'll say, hey, I have this idea, and then he will... S- mime like he's fastening himself into a roller coaster because he's preparing for the ride that he's about well, to go on. Sounds do, about do, right. Do you two, do either of you watch um, Parks and Rec? The oh, TV yes. Show? Yes. Oh, okay, God, so yes. A lo- our dynamic often, I would describe on, on the extremes, would be she is Leslie Nope and I am Ron Swanson, so... Except awesome. we have a romantic relationship <laughs> instead of yes. like a mentor mentee. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. No, that's I am, perfect. I, am I love that. Definitely. That's on the extreme known. side. I'm usually nicer yeah. than him, and you're not quite as. But I mean, the whole like, I, the way that Leslie is about planners, that is mm-hmm. me. Like, like the whole jamming on my planner, that is, that right. is me through and through. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I, I have mine. My soul yeah. sister. People, yeah, people are like, do you ever go anywhere without that? I'm like, no, no, I don't. No. And that's the I way don't it know. is. So. I think we're a little bit like Ben and Leslie, Jen. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, so. I'm, like the, I'm like the person who's going to be coming up with some role-playing game. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think. And I always sort of looking at things like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, and Sienna knows if this is ever like less than 10 feet from me, that I start to panic. Oh yeah. Uh, oh know, yeah. It's 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 100%. 100%. It, and me finishing still beating in one sitting was like that episode where That's Leslie the has ultimate the flu. Leslie nope. That's yeah. the Leslie has the flu and I I come upstairs and I'm like I don't know left from right but then I'm like oh but also we need to remember to do this 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 and this tomorrow and he's like what how are you functioning right now? Go to sleep. And I'm like, I, you know, it's, it is what it is. I, oh my God, Zan, it's me in Chicago. <laughs> Pretty we, much. We did, yeah. uh, we did Wild and Windy in the city in Chicago. After dark. Because of schedule or whatever, I ended up staying up for 44 hours <laughs> and finished the evening by doing karaoke. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh my goodness. So yeah, it was a very yeah, that- Leslie note. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I have goals now. I gotta. <laughs> I'll have to start start planning. And we talked about the genre, and and you said you had a meat cute. So let's hear the meat cute. He's staring at me. Okay. So. <laughs> I I was wondering if you wanted. I to go tend to like to tell people this story whether they want to hear it or not, and he well, frequently will be like, this. "Please, oh, please." Oh don't yeah. Anytime we're in cute. public, I'm like, oh, <laughs> "It's fine. It's fine." They don't face want to know. Not again. So. We both, it was one of those things where we both were active in the theater community in our hometown and we each knew who each other were, but had never actually met or worked together. And Mm -hmm. I went with, I had a very good friend of mine who was auditioning for the role of Gatsby in The Great Gatsby. And I, he basically was like, oh, you have to come with me. You have to come with me. You have to come with me. There were 80 girls trying out for four parts. And I was like, yeah, okay, fine. I'll go try out. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. Like this is going to happen. And so I went with him and I got a call back for 
Myrtle Wilson, the sex pot, when I've been playing Sandy my entire life mm-hmm. and every ingenue character ever. And I was like, wait, isn't she the one that gets hit by the car? Spoiler. Okay. <laughs> Fine. So I put on my low-cut red top and went to this callback and was like, I have no clue what I'm doing. And Christian was called back for the role of Tom Buchanan, Myrtle's oh. flame, <clears throat> if you will. And... Mm-hmm. um so we read together at the callback and we mm-hmm. got cast and that was how we met each other. And oh. literally the first day that I like had to interact with you, our director essentially just said, yeah, I need you to give him a lap dance. <laughs> the, the, tw- the 20s version of a lap yeah, dance. Yeah, anyway. the 20s version of a lap dance. And I was like, holy shit, what am I doing? And he just, you were so like, you were just so, I thought you're either full of it or you're taken or you're gay because there's no way you would be that much of a gentleman and be decent looking, good looking, whatever you want to call it in theater. Like there was no way I'm like, there's no way you're available. There, there is no way. And, um, and I wasn't at the time. You, you did have a girlfriend (laughs) at the time. Yes. He did have a girlfriend at the time. And, um, I was like, who is this extremely attractive person with these giant muscles? And of course they have a girlfriend. Great. Okay. Perfect. Well, we connected, and... especially during rehearsal because we had a small dance sequence and neither of us can yeah, dance. Yeah. They put a dance in. It's a play, but they made us dance and we're like, we don't dance. We don't dance. We'll be the couple at the party who so can dance. Great. We went to like a side rehearsal room and would practice. And that's kind of how we bonded. I think a lot of the time, but uh, mm-hmm. other than just the, but process. I eventually had a moment where I said, I'm not going to be a real life Myrtle Wilson. <laughs> and your relationship, your relationship was ending. Yes. It did not end because of me. No. It did not. You know, <laughs> like it was already on its way out. Yeah, it, it, was, on was, its way out. it was on its way out. Yeah. So but yeah, that was our that was our meet cute. And to add to the cuteness, we <laughs> actually had a 20s themed wedding and got married on stage at the theater where we met. Oh, that's oh, wonderful. That's and, um, that's, oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. That. So it was it was really fun. My the our castmates were basically our we didn't have a bridal party, but I mean, you know, it was just kind of our whole cast was there and it was just, it was just a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, we had a lot of fun and our whole life together just is kind of like, I always knew I wanted to get married in a theater, but I thought it was going to be my idea completely. And that I was just going to be that girl that was like, honey, this is what I want. And then, you know, (laughs) the, the way that our lives have fit together and the way that our business has grown and everything. I mean, it makes people nauseous and I would make me nauseous. I'm not a romance person. So like I listen to our story. I'm like, God, really? Like, okay, all right. But you you lived it, so it means more. Yeah, and, you know, I think everything just happened really organically, I think, for us, too, which was cool. Like, we were never the, you know, like, I never had a a plan or, like, a like you have to propose by this day and I want this and this. You know, it was just never, it was just always very natural. You weren't a bridezilla. (laughs) I hope not. And if any of my friends are listening to this, I hope you are sitting there remembering it fondly and not remembering anything negative. But. (laughs) yeah it it was just it was just fun and it's still fun our life is still fun we get to do we get to act every day and we get to you know we get we both said to each other the other night god i'm glad i don't have to do this alone yeah because which is true of so many narrators they it's so isolating and it's so hard 
You know, we've talked to quite a few narrators so far in this endeavor of ours, this podcast, and that's, you know, a lot of the time they're like, somebody that wants to talk to me. Yeah, (laughs) they're so hard. (laughs) And I know because I lived it for years without him. Like, it's so hard and just mad props to any narrators out there doing this on their own. Like, obviously, you know, you have the support of your loved ones still, but when you don't have anyone else who knows the career and knows how it works... Mm -hmm. Like, it's just really been helpful, I think, for both of us to be able to come out of the booth at night and have someone there that's like, oh, man. Who gets it? How's this tongue twister for you? Or, man, that page was rough or, you know, whatever. It just kind of. And it's obviously helped us business wise. It's given us a lot of advantages that a single narrator doesn't have, too. Sure. And, of course, even though we're both doing it, that we have that relation of course, we still have to remind ourselves to be social in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, both get out of the house yeah. and do things. So yeah, that's that's been Talk the hard part people. too. Yeah. Well, and the fact that I, we we like what we do so much because we do like performing. I mean, the theater that we do is predominantly volunteer. So mm-hmm. to get to do this and also get paid, it's like this is the dream. And then it's like, right. oh wait, I haven't, I haven't taken an hour off in six months. I guess maybe I should. Like you, you forget <laughs> right. because we're like, we're like, oh, one more audition, one more project. Why not? And it can be really hard to remember that. Yeah, you love this, but you still need. Well, and very to stop. detrimental to your mental and emotional yeah. and physical health too yeah. if you don't take care yeah, of yourself. Yeah, for sure. So. And especially if you're. Spending a lot of time reading, you know, uh, narrating thrillers or dark romances or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, we do like the variety once in a while. That is not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it can be necessarily healthy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's and you had uh, you said this off uh, just like as an off comment in when you were talking about. I was wondering if you were going to pick together. that up. Yeah, <laughs> of course I. What do. did I do? Because oh, no. this is my this is my question. I have to ask every single narrator. You do. What is the word or phrase that trips you up? Oh. Whew. Well, when I'm doing an interview, it's every word trying to come out of my mouth. See right there, <laughs> just like that. No. No, um, that's not true. You've done great. <laughs> I would say I've I hated usually when there's like two. D sounds in a row. Mm-hmm. Anything with like, you know, inhabited or oh. pro- managed, managed to managed to <laughs> prohibited, like prohibited. A, a lot of a lot of times, yeah. A lot of times, it's I'll prohibitively put like an, hard. Yeah, I'll put an extra syllable in there or something, yeah. or you know, just. But the, I'm having a problem right now. I'm I'm working on a book where it has a lot of Latvian in it, and. Um, I am fluent in Spanish and languages are do come sure. pretty easily to me. When it's a non-American language, I tend to default to the Spanish method of pronunciation, which puts the emphasis on the second syllable um. and Latvian emphasizes the first syllable. So I'm having to like retrain my brain because like I can do it. Putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's why... Tantor thought of me to, to give me the book because I I just, you know, I do have an affinity for languages, but and I, I, I pride myself on that and I frequently do say, hey, I can handle this. But a lot of times I have to rework my muscle memory, which is <laughs> tricky. Wow. Yeah. S- similar for me. Anytime you have the grasped, grasped, oh. grasped oh. and clasped, grasped, clasped, clasped, or if I'm if my voice is getting tired or if I'm not warmed up properly, anything that's THS. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, I start sounding like I have a major lisp trying to get those oh. words out. So, yeah, those those are fun too. 
That's the mm-hmm. thing. You can write any letters you want on a piece of paper, write the book, <laughs> and it can be as awesomely worded as you want. But as soon as we have to actually say the words, <laughs> say it, right. it yeah. can be a disaster. <laughs> that's that's the that's the biggest struggle, I think, is trying to sound natural and get the point across without sounding like you're struggling. And you know, right. we right. we can spend ten or twenty takes just trying to get one sentence out sometimes for that. So. I don't think I realized mine until I started this job because in theater yeah. you have a limited amount of lines and you have weeks of rehearsals. Sure. So you don't think about what can I not say easily because you've it's been muscle memory for a while. This you can practice it. we just kind of we're not necessarily cold reading, but we're be reading most of it for the first time or at least after having glanced at it once and haven't actually practiced saying it out loud. So mm-hmm. it's a totally different. And then beast. you're and then you're like one or two takes and you're done with it anyway. Yep. And, yeah, and uh, you, <laughs> and you know, can't you sit there the and pickups. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't sit there and dissect it; otherwise, you get nothing done. Right. Exactly. Oh, you can sit there and dissect it, which frequently we end up doing, but we shouldn't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how you get twelve-hour books recorded, though. <laughs> no, exactly. You get it done by doing it all in one take. No, wait. I wish. <laughs> and his folks who get paid by the finished hour. Yeah, yeah. that makes a big difference. And, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, what books do you have coming up that you're that you're excited to talk about? Apart from the one that we that we did. Yeah, that's that. That would be the big one. I mean, there's others that are coming that we probably can't yet because it's some okay. of the publisher books and they have some. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say we just finished the first book of a series by an author who's new to us. Ellen Terry. Who actually found us because she liked Still Beating so much. Okay. So kind oh, wow. of the well, same. Well, we had we had she had posted an audition which and we coincidentally said hey we did this book and that was i think part of the selling point yeah for, but she it's her. kind of like it's got it's definitely got some of those vibes in there it, i mean it's dark it's an um, it's an mc um motorcycle club romance so if that's mm-hmm. a trope you're into then there's that it's it's dark but it's and uh, an age gap big we, age gap <laughs> oh, uh, uh, okay. So Not are we so talking big. like ten years, or are we it's talking legal. like Sarah it's, Kate? Legal. It's, it's five a, years, it's sixteen years in this case. They okay, wait okay. till it's oh, that's hardly and... anything. It's not yeah, like a twenty-year-old right? yeah. and an eighty-year-old. <laughs> yeah, depends on your perspective. What... But it's um, it's called the first book is called Sugar and Skulls, and it's the Rebel Skulls MC series yeah. um and the next one you know we're kind of just working our way through them uh, one about one every couple of months the first one should be released any day now but, and then it's about four books out with a fifth being written i think but they're about nine or ten hour books so they're decent length, so. we just did one for podium audio called it's it's called it's the forbidden love series so another um that's by cat t mason and uh, so we just wrapped The Trouble with Love. There's five. So there's The Trouble with Love, The Trouble with Her, The Trouble with Him. I mean, they're all, you know. So we just wrapped that one. Yeah, and we got four more in that. And those are every two weeks, I think, roughly. So those are coming a little bit faster. I think the last one's going to be recorded in, like, yeah. October. Well, and that, and that first one also is an age gap, but that one's only by 10 years. So not quite yeah. That's, yeah, that's that's hardly uh, anything. You know? I don't even think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think... I don't know if I can talk mm. about the it's other publisher stuff. Probably the one I'm doing for One Night Stand Studios. Yeah, you could. I'll be out by then too. Wouldn't um, it? I think so. It's it's called The Sinner, and it's probably the most sexually dark thing I've ever done ever. Mm. It is by Chantel Tessier. Oh, and, 
Yeah. And yeah. And it, it's Chantel, great. Uh, Chantel it's, likes to go places. It's great. <laughs> I mean, it's great. It's hot as hell. I mean, you know, like, and oh, I'm yeah. sitting here going, should I think this is okay? Well, I that, guess I'm fine. That's, <laughs> that's, that's Laurie and another narrator in duet style. Yeah. So, so uh-huh. we're, I'm, I'm working on that one right now. And, um, that's just me. And I mean, it's, it's myself and another narrator. I, I we're continuing some other series that we already, that we already have books out for, but other than that, you know, um, we just finished another one for Alex Liddell. We do yeah. a lot of work for her, the which is all fantasy reverse mm-hmm. harem type <laughs> yep. stuff, and we're working on a series for Katie May, yes. which is another reverse harem um, yep. based on the Seven Deadly <clears throat> Sins, which is fun. And those are all duet narration as well. We've done a lot more duet stuff lately. A lot of re- reverse harem, and, a lot of publisher work. So it's been. And a, we should mention that when you do reverse harem, Christian, you do all the guys, don't you? Yeah, which has been an interesting challenge for Katie's. Uh, the series is called The Damning. There's seven books. Five are written. Two more coming out this year. And there's so there's seven books, each focused on one of the Sudley Devon sins or seven deadly <laughs> sins. I can talk. Read that seven line. Seven deadly sins. <laughs> Speaking of talking. And right. so there's seven males or love interests that I voice. So I have to make them all distinct. But uh, that's been fun. Wow. That's that's a good challenge. Because it's, it's not just the nice thing about them is they have a lot of personality quirks and flaws uh-huh. that make them very unique. It's not just, oh, it's a bunch of hot sounding guys. Like they have some people, you know, characters with a stutter and some that are more um, boisterous. And yeah. it's, it's, there's a lot of they variety to work with. So, Well, you don't get to complain because I did the prospectors only prospect. <laughs> and that was literally the only woman in a town full of men in 1880s Dakota territory. And I could not come up with any more. I was like, I cannot come up with any more Colorado Western sounding accents if my life depends on it. Like I can't, they're all going to sound the same because there's have so a many limit there. I, I just was like, literally it said in the book that she was the only woman in the town. And I was like, Oh good. Okay. Oh, well, boy. here we go. But yeah, that's always interesting. And I, I always think like, I'm like, man, I hope that these don't all start sounding the same, but I'm sure at some <clears> point <throat> they probably do. Um, that's where we do like to do duet narration this has been an incredible time talking with the both of you and i was not sure how this was going to go being our first two for one this is better than i expected and i'm thrilled about it so thank you so much for being on the program thank you it was great to meet you in denver and i hope we get to see you at another book event in the future Uh, Absolutely. But in the meantime, you'll be in our ears. Wonderful. Well, thank you again so much for having us. Happy listening. All the information about today's guests, including where to find them on social media, will be on the show notes page on our website, cupandsaucybooks.com. You can also follow us on social media at Cup and Saucy Books. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. If you like what you hear, review and subscribe to the show on your favorite pod platform. And thank you for joining us for the Cup and Saucy Book Club. Join us next time for more from the world of books. And probably tangents. Happy reading. Cheers. Cheers.